This is the EWN Radio Network. This is Turn Knowledge to Profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. Now, here are your hosts for Turn Knowledge to Profit, entrepreneurs, speakers, and authors, Janelle and Michael McCauley. Welcome, and thank you for joining us on Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm Janelle McCauley, and along with my co-host, Michael, who is also my husband and business partner, we bring you the insights, ideas, and tools that you need to earn more, make a bigger impact, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. Michael, what do we have planned for today's show? Well, first up, in our Trends and Insights segment, we'll be talking with Michelle Mazur about the trends she sees and how she's leveraged it in her own business, Communication Rebel. Next, our success interview is with Lacey Boggs, who will be talking about her company, the Content Direction Agency, and how you can apply the things that she's learned building her business. Finally, I'll be back with our Business Builder segment to talk about some quick ways you can create free gifts and opt-in products. You're going to want to take notes, so grab a pen and paper, and we'll get started with Trends and Insights. First up, it's Trends and Insights, your view into the changes that will impact your business success. Today, we're talking with Michelle Mazur with Communication Rebel, and I'm really excited about today's trend. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here. So what is the current trend that you're seeing that's impacting coaches, speakers, and authors? Yes. So one trend that I am noticing more and more is what I like to think of as the death of selling from the stage, because that has been a very popular thing to do over the past, I don't know, probably like five years or so, where speakers, you know, give content and then give a hard pitch at the end to buy a product or service. And the trend that I'm noticing with the speakers that I work with is that they're contracts that they're signing as speakers are stipulating that they cannot sell from the stage. And frankly, I'm a little excited about that trend. Wow, that's a big shift. So um, so what do you say to speakers when they say, what do I do if I can't sell from the stage? Yeah, well, first, I think it's a really a positive thing for the speaking industry because audiences do not like to be sold to. We've paid a lot of money to come to a conference. We want great content. And it got to a point where I've always felt like I was bracing myself for the pitch. And I know some friends of mine who would go to conferences together and form like a little accountability posse so that they wouldn't buy things (laughs) that they didn't have a budget for. Mm -hmm. So when I'm working with someone and they are speaking for free and they're looking to monetize it, I tell them to really view their speech like a first date with the audience. 
Mm, <laughs> and I love that. If you think about that. a first date, yeah. If you think about a first date, you meet someone at Starbucks, you sit down, you have a conversation, and then you make plans for a second date if they're right for you. And typically, it's not like you sit down and they ask you for your social security number <laughs> mm-hmm. so you can buy a house together. So what you want to do as a speaker is what is what I call a client-attracting speech. So that at the end of your speech, you have a call to action. That's a way to get a second date with you. And that call to action could be something as simple as, hey, schedule a free consult with me and we can talk more, dive deeper into this. I typically recommend to my speakers giving them some type of PDF or blueprint and getting their email in exchange so you can start like a nurturing sequence. So a little bit of email marketing in there so that they can get to know you better before they make a purchasing decision. Mm-hmm. So do you have any um, idea of what kind of response people are getting versus selling from the stage? Are people getting a good response from people turning over their email or wanting to learn more? Yeah, so what I find is that people who turn over, like, like a blueprint or a PDF of some sort that takes your presentation deeper, typically con- converts at 80 to 90% because an audience is really warm, and so about 80% of them will give you their email address. And what the interesting thing is, is that there might not be an immediate conversion into a being your client, but myself included in this, I have seen get I have seen clients come to me from speaking events that have happened two years ago because they stayed in contact with me. They were part of the community and the tribe. Mm-hmm. So it is an effective way. It is definitely a slower pathway to cash. Mm-hmm. But I look at it as relationship building and community building and having these people be a part of your tribe. Mm-hmm. So definitely you can still get clients from it, but it just might be a slower path. Yeah, and you might not know where other people come from. So I know when I get something from someone that I've been watching and I like it, I share it with a number of people who it might apply to. So those people could go back to them and they would never know where they came from. Yeah, there's such a power when someone sees you speak and they tell their friends like, oh my gosh, I just saw the best speech. It was about this. You've got to check this person out. Mm-hmm. And then you go and you check them out and you join their email list. So there is this snowball effect that happens when you knock your speech out of the park and people like you and want to be a part of your community because they will share you with their friends. And that's mm-hmm. amazing. So how do you get speakers to really understand the power of that? Because I know everyone wants to monetize what they're doing. And I hear more and more people saying, I want to speak from the stage and I want to get paid to do it. And there are very few paid speaking opportunities out there unless you're a real high, you know, powered, you know, famous name speaker. So how do you get them to shift the way they're thinking about the value? Yeah, that has been tough because I know one of my focuses is that I want to see people get paid to speak. Mm -hmm. And 
I really feel in some ways that conferences should start paying their speakers so they don't feel that pressure to have to get the audience to basically pay them for their time that they've committed to an organization. So I think for me, it's making that, I think it takes a very special kind of speaker that Mm -hmm. understands the value of community and relationship building. Because if you Mm -hmm. understand the value that a connection gives you in your business and how it might not happen right away, but three months from now, that can become a client or even an advocate. And typically after a presentation, you have a whole audience full of advocates who are Mm -hmm. singing your praises. And that's, in some ways, that's more valuable than money because it's reputation building. It's credibility building. It's upping your know, like, and trust factor. Mm -hmm. So you really have to reframe how you think about it and the value exchange. It's like, yes, you will get clients from speaking, but you have to put that relationship first. It's kind of like networking, really. If you think about eWomen Network, Mm -hmm. you go into each networking event with, or at least I do, with zero expectations. Mm-hmm. Like, I go there to meet someone great. Like, that's that's my only expectation that I'm going to meet some cool people. And I'm not thinking about, oh, how am I going to get business from this? Mm-hmm. I figure just by being there and participating and giving value and giving of myself, then that will, will come back to me. I I so agree with that. And I think that it's really important for people to understand that, You want to build your credibility when you're talking from the stage, but you really want to spend the majority of the time, I believe, and I'd love your opinion on it, Uh serving and giving. Because if people see what you're giving for free, you're not getting, you know, you're not getting anything for it. Imagine what they're going to get if they actually pay for your services. (laughs) I always tell my clients to give their best ideas away for free. Because mm-hmm. first off, there's always more where that comes from. And secondly, yes, exactly what you were talking about. If you give them something that's amazing for free, if you cause them to have like a mindset shift or give them a new behavior or a new skill, they're going to wonder what else they can get from being associated with you. What other things can they learn? How else can, you know, how else can they experience? expand their world or increase their influence or their business by being a part of your community and tribe. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I always like people to think about having um, an entry-level product that they can offer someone when they're, Mm -hmm. you know, just meeting them. Because oftentimes I you know, hear a lot of people that have said they've invested in programs and coaches at a high level and they haven't gotten the as much value as they had wanted. So I find that if people can test it at a a reasonable price point and they get value, again, they're going to want to get more from you. Mm -hmm. And I I feel like even if you have a book that you are selling at an event, because it seems like books are still acceptable to sell, Mm -hmm. because they're very low cost, but high value, and people buy your book and they read it and they're like, wow, this is amazing, and I need to work with this person. So I think 
you're right with that, that there has to be something small that you can give them that's not a huge investment. Like they're not spending 500 or $1,000. Mm-hmm. But if you have something to offer that gives them, I always like to say you want to give them a bite-sized experience of you, mm-hmm. then that's what you need to offer. I like that because it really does give people an opportunity to take it a little bit deeper because if you do it right from the stage, people are going to be really hungry and want more. So if you can offer them some way to download something and get it and then maybe from there nurture them a little bit and offer a low-end product just to get them in and keep them engaged, I think it can really start an incredible relationship. Oh, absolutely. And that's the right strategic mindset to have with it. It's like, yeah, you give them something more valuable from the stage, they download it, they love it, and then you're nurturing them and you say, oh, yeah, and I have this course for $97 or I have this book for $15. And then all of a sudden, once they buy, the relationship changes from like, oh, they're just receiving your free information, but they're now a customer of yours. Mm-hmm. And there's a client relationship there. So I just think there's a way to evolve the relationship after they see you speak. Absolutely. So how can our listeners get in touch with you and learn more about this topic and what you do in your business? Yes, you can find me at drmichellemazur.com or the communi- or communicationrebel.com works just as well. And that has all the information there. I have a great blog and I also have a podcast called the Rebel Speaker Podcast that's for entrepreneurs who are wanting to speak more and want some very actionable and strategic tips on how to do it well and create a great audience experience. Perfect. And we will add a link to your website on our turnknowledgetoprofit.com website with a copy of today's interview. So thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. Thank you. We need to take a quick break, but stay tuned. When we return, it's our success interview, and you don't want to miss it. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. One of my mottos for business owners is, you can't do it alone. Whether you're in the startup stage of your business or you're scaling, you can't grow without relationships to provide support, wisdom, and new customers eWomen Network is your home to connect with other women entrepreneurs who have been where you are or are experiencing the same challenges. We have chapters across the U.S. and Canada that have monthly events featuring our trademarked process called Accelerated Networking to ensure you get the contacts, resources, and leads you need to grow your business. 
and once you become a member, you get many benefits, including two one-on-one coaching sessions, unlimited access to our membership database, your own personal profile page, and discounts on products and services with our business partners, such as UPS and American Express Open. Join the eWomen Network community and let us help you live your dream. For details, visit eWomenNetwork.com. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. In today's success interview, we're speaking with Lacey Boggs, and her business is the Content Direction Agency. Welcome, Lacey. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. I'm really excited to learn more about what you do, um, and I know you're a guest blogger, and I love your focus on quality versus quantity, but mm-hmm. before we get into that, I'd love to have you tell us how long you've been in your current business, how did you start it, and how has it evolved over time? Sure. Um, so I've been in this business since 2012, so about four years. Um, and I, I got started, um, well, I have to go a little further back to explain that. Um, I was, my last real job, quote unquote, was uh, as the editor of a local magazine here in Colorado. And um, it was a great gig, but I knew that when I got pregnant, I didn't want to be working 60-hour weeks for very low pay and never see my baby. So mm-hmm. um, I left that job, and I was the food editor of the magazine, so it seemed logical that I should start a food blog, right? <laughs> um, and I was an award-winning food writer, so I started a food blog thinking that that would bring me fame and riches and glory. And after about a year, I had made, I think, like $50 total mm-hmm. off of my food blog. So it really... Um, flopped spectacularly as a business, but what I did learn was um, about blogging and how to make that work. The blogging side of things worked very well. I I grew a list uh, very rapidly. I was uh, asked to guest blog for several Martha Stewart properties at the time, which was very exciting for a food blogger. That's like Mm -hmm. winning the Oscar, right? So um, (laughs) I was doing very well. In that sense, I just wasn't able to monetize it. So I decided maybe there's other small businesses out there that could use help with blogging. And so I sort of hung out my digital shingle as a ghost blogger that I would write the blogs for other small businesses. And it turned out that, yes, there was definitely a need and a desire for that. And so for the first year or so, that's what I did. Uh, I just did a one-on-one service writing up blog posts for other people's small businesses. But what I realized as I was blogging for myself was that I was kind of teaching it on my blog. And that was two separate audiences, right? The person who's going to hire me to blog for them isn't the person that wants to know how to blog. Mm -hmm. So I decided I'd better come up with a product for the people, for the audience I was uh, generating there. And so that's when I started creating small products and, and courses to teach other people how to blog more effectively for their small businesses. And that's where we got to today. Interesting. Yeah, because I think what what you're talking about there is you had a passion for something and went to turn it into a business. And I think it happens with a lot of entrepreneurs, but oftentimes you have to take a step back and say, okay, 
I love doing it, but how can I monetize it? And is mm-hmm. there a way that I can still do what I love doing um, and do something I'm good at? It's it's not always an easy, you know, journey, but it can certainly work as you've shown. Yeah, I, with my food blog, I think my biggest problem was that, A, I didn't understand the business model when I started. It's very much a numbers game with that kind of blogging. You have to have a huge audience to make it pay off. And, B, I chose the wrong audience. I chose moms on a budget. And let me just let me just give you a hint. Moms <laughs> on a budget don't want to spend money. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that was kind of a double whammy for that business. Interesting. Um, so it's interesting because oftentimes I think that does happen. We don't stop and look at who can afford to pay for what we're doing and is it the right market? Right. Yeah. And I was very, very green. You know, when I started that, I knew nothing about business. I knew about food. I knew about food writing, which mm-hmm. I was doing well, <laughs> but turning it into a business was not something I was good at yet. Mm-hmm. So how did you take your strength for writing and translate that into products? Because I know when people go to develop products, oftentimes they don't know what products to start with or they don't know how to put it together in a format that people actually will pay for and, and get results with. Right. So I am a perennial student. I'm always learning. And so as soon as I realized that I didn't know what I was doing running a business, I started taking other people's courses quickly. And one of them that I took was um, the Teaching Cells course that Copyblogger used to offer. I'm not sure if they offer it anymore or not, but they gave a very good piece of advice, which was to create um, a minimum viable product. So to teach the smallest thing you can possibly teach and then turn that into a product as kind of a test to see what will your market bear, use this, what they want to learn, you know, very, very much about sort of that um, tech mentality, you know, that startup mentality that you, you produce quickly and test and then iterate. Mm-hmm. So um, that was what I did. That's how I got started. My first product was designed to help people come up with ideas for blog posts because the problem I kept hearing over and over again is I don't know what to write about. Mm-hmm. So that my first, I thought, okay, that's a really small thing I can teach how to generate ideas. So mm-hmm. that was my first product. That's really interesting. Um, and I think that oftentimes people try to make their product perfect. And so I love that advice of kind of the smallest viable, you know, thing you can do because so often you've got to get it out there. I always tell people on a, on a, when they're doing a program, set a date and you will make it happen. If you say you're going to set a date once it's complete, you will never finish it. I don't believe (laughs) it's true. It's true. And also I think like, don't get caught up with the tools. That was something that's, that made me stumble at first. I thought, oh, I have to have a membership site or I have to have some method of dripping this out or whatever. Actually, what I ended up doing was I just delivered through MailChimp. I set up a a thing so that it would send the new course every seven days. I mean, the Mm -hmm. new chapter, whatever you want to say, module, every seven days. And uh, so it was a very low-tech solution, but it worked. And people bought it and they liked it and they got results from it. Well, you got into action, which is really important and that's key and you know, I love that you learned from 
your first attempt, and then you just got moving, evolving, and changing, and looking to see what does the market need, how can you support it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and that first product has evolved over time, and, and uh, you know, as you and I are speaking, it's about to be relaunched with a new name and everything, but the core of that original product is still there. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, you know, as you've evolved over time, can you tell us what is currently your most popular product and what do you think makes it so popular? Sure. Uh, my most popular product right now is um, the one that's about to change names. It's going to be called the Content Intelligence Academy. And um, basically, it, it I look at it as like blogging 101, blogging for business 101. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I try very hard to give people a very solid foundation of how to set up the systems and strategy that are going to drive their blog because nothing dr- makes me crazier than seeing people blogging for their business with no goal, with no end in mind, with no purpose behind it. Mm-hmm. Because really, that's just a waste of time, I think, because it takes so much time and energy to create that content. I believe that content then should be doing something good for your business. And so I try to lay it all out there and help people create that strategy that's going to make their content really move the needle for their business. I really, um, I think that's so true. And you've given us, you know, so much great information already. I love having a plan. I love having a purpose. And that foundation is so important. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you know how to do it successfully. Mm, Yes, that's totally true. (laughs) And I think it's important for people when they're in business to really have a goal for what they're doing, to have, you know, you want to drive people to an action. Information is great, but if they're not going to do anything with it or there's no way to apply it, it really doesn't add any value. Right. It doesn't add any value to them and it doesn't add any value to your business. I always say that there are two whys you need to answer when you're blogging. The first is why do your readers want to come back to you? Why are they there? Why are they listening to you? And the second is why are you writing it for your business? What do you hope to get out of it? You know, so many people, they they don't realize that with just a simple call to action at the end, like, do you like this? You can join my mailing list. Here you go. They can get more signups or, or that, you know, it just depends on what your goal is. But once you have that goal in mind, you can tailor your content to help you reach it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting you say that because I think a lot of people do things without really having that clear goal, that clear, what's the next step? What's the one action you want people to take? Yeah, and I think blogging is notorious for this because there's so much advice out there. Oh, if you have an online business, you have to have a blog. And so people start a blog. They don't really know why they have to have it. They don't know what it's supposed to achieve. And so uh, they they don't know how to use it to its – I think your blog is one of your greatest selling tools if you use it correctly. But too many people don't really understand how to make it do that, and so it's just sort of a time suck. So I know that you do write blogs, but do you believe that every business has to have a blog? I do not. I know that that's probably surprising coming from a blogging expert and from someone who teaches blogging. But the answer is no. I think 
the criteria here is, A, if you hate blogging, it's not, people are going to know. They're going to know by, by reading you that you hate it. So that's never a good thing. And the second one is if you can get the same or similar results, if you can reach your goals through some other medium, then by all means go for it. Uh, somebody on a webinar recently told me about their sister or somebody who was just killing it with Instagram. She was making a ton of money and all this stuff. And she said, but she doesn't have a blog. Should I tell her to start a blog? I'm like, no, why? If she's killing it with Instagram, then stay on Instagram. The only caveat there is that you don't own Instagram. So, you know, God forbid, Instagram could go out of business tomorrow. We don't know. And then her whole business would go out of, go with it. You know, she wouldn't have a platform anymore. So the only benefit to blogging is that you own the platform other than that you know if you're if you're building your list if you're achieving your goals whatever they are through some other medium even if that's calling people on the phone or networking in person great you don't have to have a blog (laughs) we need to take a real quick break and when we come back i just want to continue this conversation and talk a little bit more about products and how you think people can use them in their business. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. I'm looking for a certain kind of woman, and I think you know her. She's an entrepreneur that is highly connected, successful, significant in her own industry, and considered the go-to woman in her community. She's received so much from so many women in business, she's ready to give back to others on their journey, lifting as she climbs. Hi, this is Sandra Yancey, and I'm the founder and CEO of eWomen Network. I'm looking to connect with the woman I've just described who lives in your community so that we might have a conversation about how eWomen Network's proven success system can provide her a platform to elevate her success and ability to support women in business. Our international community of managing directors are influencing the speed of success for women in business around the world. If that sounds like something that you want to be part of or know someone we should talk with, send an email to managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. That's managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. And let's start the conversation. This is the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back to Turn Knowledge to Profit. This is Janelle McCauley, and today we're talking with Lacey Boggs, and her company is the Content Direction Agency, and Lacey is a ghost blogger, and her focus is really on quality versus quantity, and she had some great tips. So if you missed our first segment, you absolutely want to go back and listen to it. And before the break, we were talking about 
where you put your content and talking about do you have to have a blog? And I thought it was interesting, Lacey, that you said not everyone has to find the medium that works for you, but you raised a great point. Also be aware of who owns where you're putting your content because you may be putting things out there, but they could disappear overnight. I mean, that's happened with people with websites, with all sorts of things. Yeah, I think, um, you know, one of the biggest dramatic examples of this is people who built their business on Facebook a couple of years ago before the algorithms were introduced. And, you know, they were getting, you know, 80, 90% views of their business page. And then all of a sudden, like literally overnight, it dropped to 10%, 2%. (laughs) And suddenly that huge funnel they had built based on Facebook. Maybe they had a website, but they were, you know, generating all their traffic through Facebook. It went away literally overnight. And that's, that's a real scary proposition for any business owner. Um, I think it's always good to, um, Brian Clark of Copy Blogger calls it digital sharecropping. When you build your <laughs> platform on somebody else's, you know, system or channel. And so those are all good things to use, Facebook, social media of all kinds. Great, great to get the, the word out there, but you really want to have a home base that you own. Absolutely. Um, I, I absolutely agree. I think it's really important to be aware of where it is, and make sure that you've got control over your content. Yes, and in regards to blogging in particular, I always get the question, you know, what software should I use? What website should I use? The big one right now is Squarespace that everybody likes because it's really beautiful. I agree, it is really beautiful. Um, But I always recommend WordPress for blogging because it's open source. So even Mm -hmm. if WordPress were to disappear tomorrow, the code is open source. It's out there. Nobody can take that away from you. Whereas Squarespace is a you know, a system that you pay to use. And, and, and if Squarespace were to go under, I don't know what happens to your website at that point. Mm-hmm. So it's just something to consider, something to think about. Interesting. There's so many different ones that are constantly coming out. Right, right. And I got nothing against Squarespace. It right. is beautiful. I just, you know, I always like to think, well, what would happen? <laughs> <laughs> it's a great questions to ask. And I think sometimes as entrepreneurs, we get so excited about the new best thing. And sometimes we don't stop and ask some of those just fundamental questions about, you know, what would happen. Um, I'd like to ask you, kind of going back to products, I know you said Mm -hmm. your first product, you're getting ready to relaunch, which is really exciting because it sounds like it's really evolved over time. But how do you decide when to launch a new product or even what you're going to do next? Well, that's a really interesting question. Um, well, I think for, for launching, for me, it's been a very much a trial and error um, situation. You know, my my first product, I tried sort of the traditional Internet launch formula, you know, where you have the cart open and close for a certain amount of time and it, you can only buy into it for X period of days, whatever. And it really didn't work that well for me. Um, I didn't have a very large list. I have a very large audience at the time. And so I was, I mean, I, I was probably getting your standard conversion rate, but that wasn't very many people mm-hmm. <laughs> because I didn't have a very big audience. So after getting frustrated with that, after two or three sort of pseudo failed launches, I decided to make that product evergreen. And that was really the best decision I ever made because 
all of a sudden I had this continuing small trickle of revenue that I could turn on the faucet anytime I wanted to by just mentioning it in my content that would get people to buy. Um, I could run a promotion. I could run a sale. And what I finally decided was because it was based around planning your blog is that it's still an evergreen product. You can buy it any day of the year. Mm -hmm. Twice a year in uh, July and January, I run it live. And so I'm I'm able to do a launch, sort of, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so to speak, (laughs) at those times of year, which drives a whole lot of sales. But I then have the best of both worlds where I can have the ongoing revenue during the rest of the year. And it's available whenever anybody needs it. So that's really been kind of a discovery process for me, figuring out what worked for me and then having the guts to try it and do something that was a little different than what everybody else was doing. Well, and you really have to find what works for you as a business owner. There are a lot of people out there that said, you have to do it this way, you have to do it that way. But it's really important to take a step back and say, what feels right? Because all of us are really looking, we go to be an entrepreneur so that we can build a business that gives us a great work-life balance, generates mm-hmm. revenue, and you know, gives us the, the things that we went into business for, I I do love the fact that you have an evergreen product, and if people aren't familiar with that term, that just means something that doesn't go out of date. It's not something Mm -hmm. that's just for right now. It's something that's really, I believe, a fundamental um, kind of builds that that base, and you can build upon it, which is great. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's that's nice. I'm teaching the theory. You know, if I was teaching literally how to technically set up your WordPress WordPress blog, it would be much easier, I mean, much more difficult to make that evergreen because mm-hmm. WordPress updates every few months and they make mm-hmm. changes and things would change and I would have to update the content. Whereas because I have I'm teaching theory, that doesn't change. In fact, <laughs> my theory is based on a copywriting formula that's as old as, you know, Mad Men, Don Draper, and probably even older than that. So it, even though the Internet didn't even exist back then, the same copywriting formulas inform how I'm teaching people how to blog. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's interesting you say that because I think so often people think they have to come up with something brand new, something no one's ever heard of. And I would really challenge people that there isn't much that hasn't been done or tried, but it's how you take that and put it together with what you know to come up with that unique package. I think that's totally true. I think it's also about uh, you as the teacher, Mm -hmm. because there's a certain amount of we do business with people we know, like, and trust. And so I know for a fact that many people do business with me because they like my voice. They like my style. They like the way I present information. It has less to do with the actual information I'm presenting and more to do with the the means and the manner in which I'm presenting it. Mm-hmm. Well, and if you present it in a way that people can take it and turn it into action, that just is something that's so needed. I keep, um, I heard that the term and I, I, Keep, I've been repeating it often lately because it's really has stuck with me. We don't need more shelf help. We need more self help. And we need to take 
action on the things that we're learning. We don't need more information. We have enough information. We need to get into action so we can move the dial. That's very true. And I think, you know, I was at a conference recently and one of the speakers talked about the death of the course, which is uh, a scary prospect for many of us. But, but it actually inspired me to think, well, that's, that's okay. What comes next? Mm-hmm. How, do I, how do I meet my, my audience where they are if a course is no longer what they need? Because I think you're right. We're all in information overload. People buy courses and never do them, never take action, and there's very little I can do on my end to make them actually open up the video or the <laughs> workbook mm-hmm. or whatever it is. But so what comes after? And, and that was actually kind of inspiring to me instead of frightening because they can say, great, how do I innovate? How do I meet them where they are? What, what is next? What comes after that, you know, course that's stripped out through email or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. I don't have the answers, but it's something I've been thinking about. That's an interesting, um, an interesting question. So what do you think entrepreneurs need to do to nurture their product, their prospects and clients? Because I think we tend to sell to people, but then we need to still keep building that relationship. Yes, I, I agree. I look at it very much like, well, so I come at it from a content perspective, right? So to me, your content is a conversation, with your audience. And so, you know, you want to be a good conversationalist. You want to engage them. You want to keep them interested. You want to tell stories that they're interested in hearing. You want to share information that they're interested in getting. And I very much believe you can do that and sell at the same time. Um, I look at it like laying stones for a path um, and the path leads towards a sale, right? If you, if you lay too few, it's difficult for them to get there. They can't, Mm -hmm get across the, the path. If you, if you lay too many, it becomes convoluted and, and confusing and they don't know which way to go. So it's about, you know, really choosing the conversation you're going to have, the message you're going to share, and laying a very clear path from A to B. You know, how mm-hmm. do I get them from wherever they are, interested, confused, excited, to, yes, I'm ready to make that purchase. Mm-hmm. All right, that's a great um, a great reminder. It's been a great conversation with you today. Can you tell our listeners how they can learn more about you and your business? Sure. You can find me at LaceyBoggs.com, and um, I have a blog there that I lay out. I give a lot away for free on my blog, and I also have a free library that you can sign up for. So if you're interested in this sort of um, content path concept that I'm talking about or some of the frameworks I've mentioned, uh, they're almost all in the library for free. So you can come join and, and give a taste of what I do. That's very generous. Thank you very much. And we will put a link to your website on our TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com page with today's interview. So they'll be able to get you from there. So as we wrap up our time together, can you give our listeners just one piece of advice or one action that they can take to help them scale their business? Sure. I think, um, I think my number one piece of advice would be to look at your content as a product. Um, it's not something that people are paying money for necessarily, but hopefully it's something they're paying for with their time, with their email address, with their likes and shares, whatever metric it is that you're using to measure your success. Um, and so look at your content as a product and then develop it the same way you would a product. You know, what, what kind of thought, 
would go into it, what kind of um, energy would go into creating a product, and put that into your content as well because that's how people are judging you and deciding whether or not to do business with you. Well, that's a great um, that's a great piece of advice. I want to thank you so much for your time today, Lacey. It's been a great conversation. Thanks so much for having me on. It's been fun. You're welcome. We need to take our final break, and when we come back, it's our business builder. So stay tuned. This is John L. McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Do you struggle with your weight or your health? Do you wish you had more energy to do the things you really want to do? Are you tired of counting calories and fad dieting? Do you want to eat your favorite foods and not feel guilty? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then the Eat Great, Live Well Personalized Wellness Program is the answer for you. Being healthy isn't about fad dieting, feeling guilty, or eating nothing but tofu and wheatgrass. It's about making small, healthy choices that add up over time to create life-changing transformation for you and your family. The Eat Great, Live Well Personalized Wellness Program will show you how easy it is to be healthy, happy, and well-fed all at the same time. Visit EatGreatLiveWell.com for more information or to enroll in this life-changing program. You deserve to both eat great and live well. Check it out today at EatGreatLiveWell.com. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Michael McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm here with Janelle, and in our Business Builder segment today, I wanted to give you some quick ways you can create free gifts and opt-in products. You know, free gifts and opt-ins are one of those items that I don't think people leverage enough. When you're talking from the front of the room, when you're talking in front of a small group, we should have a really clear what's next, what do we want them to do. And, Michael, I think this is a great way for people to get their listeners or get their audience to opt in so they can collect their email address and really start to nurture them. So what's the easiest way for someone to start creating free gifts and opt-ins? Well, really, you know, they're, they're first off, they're free. So you don't want to spend a lot of time, a lot of effort, um, a lot of expense creating something that you're just going to be giving away. Um, you are going to get their email address in exchange for the free product, but still you don't want to spend a lot of money on it. So one of the easiest ways to, to create one is to just leverage something you already have. So if you have a, a course and it has worksheets in it, could you package up one of those worksheets as a free giveaway? Um, if you have a book, could you summarize the main chapters or the main thoughts in the book into a short ebook. Um, those are the kind of things you can do almost instantly and have a free product with very, very little effort. You know, I think back to when we did our first um, free ebook. I think it was about 27 pages and it had so much content. We actually, if you remember, we actually turned that into a multi part course. It had so much content in it. And I love the idea of a worksheet because one of the things that I found is if you give someone something actionable to do where they can see a result, they can get information immediately, it really helps them see the value of what you have to offer. 
Absolutely, and that's pretty typical of what I see with a lot of clients is they want to put everything they know into everything they do. So uh, they go to do an e a simple ebook, and it ends up being, 20, as you said, 25, 27, 30, 40 pages, and it truly is everything they know. And uh, when you're giving away something free, you don't want to give away everything you know. You want to give people just enough that they get a sense for what you do, how you do it, and uh, leave them wanting more. So if you can take your overall process and maybe slim it down to uh, the main steps or even take one of those steps and create something around that, but do it very quickly with very little effort, pulling from everything that you already have, your courses, your coaching, uh, your speaking, whatever it is you have, uh, just pulling that out and and creating something that's simple, that doesn't overwhelm the reader. Um, you know, today people when they they download free uh, gifts, they they don't expect a lot. They expect something of value for sure, but they don't expect to get your entire process or your entire consulting expertise or anything like that. If you can give them just a few things to get them moving, and that's really the key, just to get them moving, um, not necessarily to get them all the way through whatever it is you teach, be it selling or marketing or product development or whatever that might be, but at least get them moving. So sort of think in terms of what's the first thing they could do to get moving. Um, that does a couple of things. One, it gets them into action very quickly. Um, so they see progress. It, it, second, it leaves them wanting more. So they've got the first step down, and the natural ne next question is, okay, and what's next? And that leaves you the opportunity to then come in behind it with whatever services or products that you have to sell uh, and, and really take advantage of that um, that opening that you now have that someone's First off, they've raised their hand and said, I'm interested. They downloaded what was free. And now they're potentially calling you back or emailing you back and saying, hey, I did this first step. It was great. It really moved me along. Now what do I do next? And the what do they do next, that's um, something that you can actually sell. So, so really the idea is to do something as quickly as you possibly can with as little effort as you can, but with some value associated with it. Um, the second thing is it's always really good if, in fact, it's, I would say it's almost essential that whatever you're giving them supports what you just spoke about. If you're giving it away at the end of a talk, you want to make sure that it supports your talk. Um, you may do a lot of things in your business um, and all related to one general topic, but uh, your talk typically is a short snippet of what you know. It's a very abbreviated version of what you know. And if you can then follow that with a free giveaway that supports, reinforces, and extends what you just talked about, that's really the best that you can do. That really is the best way to engage people and to really get them interested in downloading it, interested in engaging with you, and and really move them forward. Now, you mentioned some things that I think are really important. 
Um, one is to keep it simple and have it be something that's a standalone because while you want it to be something that follows on to other things that you can do, you also want it to be something they're going to get value from by itself, but you do want to leave them wanting more. I think today people get so much information and it's just like I do, if I get an ebook, what I do is first thing I do is download it and I quickly scan it to see how much content is in there and that determines whether I do it now or whether I put it aside. And when I put it aside, very often I don't get back there for a long time because I just I have to remember to do it and I have to build in the time to do it. So you want something that they're going to say, I can take the five minutes now, get it done. It's also a great way if you do a worksheet to be able to have them send it to you to get a follow-up call or consultation with you because then you know that they're really engaged and really interested in learning more. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a couple of other things that work really well are um, if you have a uh, an assessment or a questionnaire um, that someone can use to assess where they are in their business or what they what direction they might want to go next. Um, that's a great first step for them. Uh, I've seen that very effectively used uh, with speakers where they the, what they give away is um, an, an assessment of what they've been talking about. You know, you, you like what they're talking about. You like the concept. And sort of the, the question you have in your head is, I wonder where I fit, you know, in that. Uh, if you can then provide them with an assessment, it's almost guaranteed they're going to go in and download it and find out where they are. Um, the other thing that's been very, very effective I've seen, uh, if you use PowerPoint, not everybody does, but if you do, um, I've seen get, uh, speakers get up and say, um, there's, you know, don't worry about taking snapshots of the screen or taking notes or whatever. I'll give you my PowerPoint presentation uh, after the after I talk. I'll let you know where you can go and download it. And even that is a giveaway that's for free because they're going to now, if they're interested in what you said, or if you have some a really good talk, which I'm assuming you do, you have a really good talk. Um, they're going to pick up on some key points, or maybe some key quotes that you used, or some key stats that you presented, or something that really strikes them. And they're going to want to see that um, that quote and who said it, or that stat and where it came from, or something like that. And they're going to go in then and download that presentation just to get that one slide. Yeah, they are. And because I'm always watching people at talks and presentations, and they're always snapping camera, you know, from their phone, pictures of quotes and stats because they want to be able to have that for reference. So that's a great reminder. Yeah, it's a great great job for for, for that. Um, I'll cut that out. Yeah, and that's a great idea. And it does a couple things. One, it gives them what they need. And the second thing is, you know, I don't know about you, but when I'm up in front of a group speaking, I'd much rather have them focus on what I'm saying and not snapping pictures or trying to read the slide or you know really not paying attention to what I'm saying or what I'm doing. Um, I really want the attention on me. That's the point of being the speaker. So um, if you can sort of put them at ease and say, hey, you know what, you can get all this stuff. I'll send it to you. It's free. It's not a problem. Um, and that then lets them relax a little bit and listen to you and really engage with you and focus on you. So that's an, a benefit of that. 
Well, and I know it is conversation for another um, show, but I know one of the things that you always say is if you're using PowerPoint or using a presentation, don't make it too dense. Keep a few words on each page, but make them very thought-provoking and very eye-catching. Otherwise, people are so busy reading that they're not listening, and they're really missing what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's. I've been to presentations. I'm sure we've all been to presentations where the speaker basically reads the slides, or, or they have nothing but slide after slide of bullet points, and it's just so boring. Um, so, you know, I clearly don't do that. But if I find it useful to have PowerPoint, um, a, a lot of speakers don't. A lot of speakers just like to go up and speak, and they, they don't really do that. But I like it. Uh, it tends to keep me focused. And it tends to uh, be a way that I can actually have something of visual interest, have something that's really, really profound or key or important uh, up while I then expand on it, talk about it, uh, give some examples, tell stories, sort of give all of this, the context around whatever that slide says. So I think that's, that's really key. So just sort of summarizing, I think that to get free giveaways, you want to, again, try to leverage something you already have. Um, it could be the PowerPoint from a presentation you do. It could be a worksheet that you already have that you use in your business. Yeah, it could be um, a summary of a book that you have. It could just be the intro, the introductory chapter of a book that you already have. Uh, it could be something that, that you use on a regular basis that is just short, quick, easy to use, easy to uh, for the, the listener or for the, the audience member to complete or find an actual use for and really moves them along just the first step in the process. So I'd say, kind of wrapping it up, there's no reason why if you don't already have an opt-in offer that you should be able to easily create one or get some help creating one. So I challenge all of our listeners to go to Facebook and go to Turn Knowledge to Profit. And under today's episode, share a link to your opt-in so we can see what you're doing and let's get more exposure for you and your business. Thank you for sharing, Michael. You know, this has really been a great conversation. I want to thank all of you for joining us today on Turn Knowledge to Profit. Again, I want to remind you to visit our Turn Knowledge to Profit page on Facebook and share your questions, your insights, and your ahas. And also share one action you're going to take in the next week to turn your knowledge into profit. If you have an idea for our future show, be sure to email me at michael at tk2p.com. That's michael at tk2p.com. Have a wonderful and profitable week. Turn Knowledge to Profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream about. Join us each Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the EWN Radio Network. To download this week's show, listen to past shows, or learn how to be a guest on the show, visit TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com. Past shows are also available at EWNRadioNetwork.com and through iTunes and Stitcher. Until next time, remember, great companies are built around great products. Leverage your knowledge to live the life of your dreams. 
Let's continue the conversation and turn your knowledge into profit.